Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Listeners, thanks to all of you for listening and subscribing to COVID Noise Filter. On behalf of Doc Griggs and the entire Noise Filter team, we are honored to be nominated for a People's Choice Podcast Award in the health category. If you appreciate the information we provide, please take a moment and show your support by voting for us. It just takes a few minutes and would mean so much to us. You can find the link to vote in the episode notes or by going to podcastawards.com. Again, that's podcastawards.com. And please vote for COVID noise filter in the health category. Thank you so much. And now on to the stories. Infectious diseases and the risk of dementia. Infections have long been hypothesized to increase the risk of dementia. Existing studies are lacking as they focus on a narrow range of infectious diseases, used very short follow-up periods, and provided little evidence for whether the increased risk is because of specific dementia subtypes or if it can be attributed to specific microbes. A study in the Lancet aimed to compare the risk of Alzheimer's disease and other dementias across a wide range of hospital-treated bacterial and viral infections. So in this large multi-cohort observational study, the individual-level data came from three studies in Finland and the UK. Adults 18 years and older without dementia were included in the study. Beginning in 1986 to 2010, Over 500,000 people were included in the initial cohorts, and the follow-up period ranged from 2012 to 2018. Of those participants, over 77,000 had at least one hospital-treated infection before dementia onset, and 2,768 of them eventually developed dementia. Although the greatest dementia risk was seen for central nervous system infections versus no infection, increased risk was also evident for extra central nervous system infections. Additionally, although the study reported little difference in the infection dimension association by type of infection, associations were stronger for vascular dementia than for Alzheimer's disease. So in conclusion, what does this mean? Severe infections requiring hospital treatment are associated with long-term increased risk of dementia, including both vascular dementia and Alzheimer's disease. Because this association is not limited to specific infections, it does suggest that systemic effects of infection are sufficient to affect the brain. So The lack of specific infection along with dose-response relationships between infectious disease and dementia risk support the hypothesis that increased dementia risk is caused by general information rather than specific microbes. Texas hospital workers fired. 
Not long ago, over 150 staff members of a Houston-based hospital were fired or they resigned due to a policy that required employees to be vaccinated against COVID-19. This started with nearly 200 employees being suspended for two weeks until they received their dose, and those who complied with their suspension period were also allowed to work the next day. Vaccine hesitancy was surprisingly high amongst frontline healthcare workers. Despite being first priority once the vaccine was developed in December, a survey showed that almost half were still unvaccinated by mid-March. The Kaiser Family Foundation reported the reasons being the newness of the vaccine and possible side effects. However, unfortunately, this was the case for the majority of the group of employees. Earlier in June, many protested outside the hospital against the mandatory policy. Legal action was taken but ended up in a dismissed lawsuit. The employees were suing, accusing the hospital, and I quote, enforcing its employees to be human guinea pigs as a condition for continued employment. Another judge rejected a claim from a nurse that the vaccine was experimental and dangerous, citing that employees were not participants in a human trial. The nurse even tried to compare her experience with Nazi concentration camps. The judge went further to say the hospital is just trying to save the lives without the risk of spreading COVID-19 any further. Ethically speaking, requiring this vaccine is no different than any other mandates healthcare workers have to follow to be employed, including wearing PPE, getting flu shots, or keeping up with immunizations. Healthcare workers are meant to protect the vulnerable. They're meant to put patients first. And more than anything else, they're meant to do no harm. If you're unwilling to get vaccinated, not only for the sake of yourself, but others, including your future patients, simply choose another field to work in and step aside. Teenagers sneaking shots. This is not what you think this is, so... Let me read on. We've heard of teenagers keeping different types of secrets from sneaking out to grades to relationships. And now we can add COVID vaccine to that list. Vaccines have been authorized for children as young as 12, but some parents are worried about the side effects and the newness of the shot. A note to our listeners, the adverse effects are minuscule compared to the severity of illness that COVID can bring. And the shot, yes, while it is new, it is using technology that has been around for a long time. And at this point, millions and millions of people have been vaccinated with this vaccine and people are overwhelmingly doing well. Anyway, so they are preventing their children from actually getting this vaccine despite the fact that their children want it. So the Kaiser Family Foundation found that only three in 10 parents of eligible minors intended to allow for immediate vaccination. The others are waiting for more data or a school mandate. Currently, 40 states require parental consent, but many are shifting gears in order to help reach herd immunity. They are emulating states that have permitted children to get the HPV vaccine, so this is not necessarily unheard of. And the District of Columbia is allowing children as young as 11. New Jersey and New York are working on allowing 14-year-olds, and Minnesota has one for 12-year-olds. Unfortunately, some states are going in the opposite direction. In Oregon, the age of medical consent is 15. However, anyone under 18 needs parental consent to receive the COVID vaccine in states like Tennessee and Alabama, well, they're working on legislation to prevent public schools from requiring the shot. 
Hmm. This situation brings up many questions, such as what if one parent permits and the other is against? Are children capable of making their own health decision? And further, even if the child does not need parental consent, does a parent have to be present during administration of the vaccine? Now, many teenagers are eager to get vaccinated and have found resources on the site called vaxteen.org. It provides information on state consent laws, clinics, and advice on approaching parents. Some psychologists believe adolescents as young as 14 are more than capable of weighing the risks of a vaccine and deciding to take it or not. There is not much more to do except talk with your children about this decision. And again, I want to give that website again, Vax. Teen.org, V-A-X-T-E-E-N.org, vaxteen.org. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs? Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.